We read the Word of God tonight from Proverbs chapter 30. Proverbs chapter 30. God's Word in Proverbs 30. The words of Agur, the son of Jakey, even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Ukul, surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. Who hath ascended up into heaven, or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee and thou be found guilty. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, yea, four things say not, it is enough. The grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, four which I know not. The way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. For three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat, for an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. There be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make they their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king. Yet go they forth all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. 
There be three things which go well, yea, four are comely in going. The lion, which is strongest among beasts, and turneth not away for any. The greyhound, and he goat also, and a king, against whom there is no rising up. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself, or if thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. Surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter, and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. We read sacred scripture that far tonight. The text for our sermon is the last part of verse 8 and all of verse 9. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. Beloved, in the Lord Jesus Christ, the words of our text were written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by a man named Agur, the son of Jakey, and we know nothing more about this Agur. It's possible that he lived during the days of King Solomon and that the Proverbs he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit were collected together with the Proverbs written by Solomon under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But even that, we don't know for sure. And in the end, it really does not matter because these are not the words merely of Agur. These are the words of God Himself. And what the Holy Spirit inspires Agur to do in our text is to pray to God for two specific things. And the two parts of the petition of this prayer correspond to the two aspects of how God made us. On the one hand, we are physical creatures, earthly and carnal and tied to this earth. And with that, God has also made us with a spiritual aspect to our being. With respect to that spiritual aspect of our being, Agur prays at the beginning of verse 8, remove far from me vanity and lies. Fundamentally, the great need that we have for our souls is to be delivered from vanity, from emptiness, from the folly of sin and idolatry, and from all lies and falsehood. Having prayed for his spiritual needs to be delivered from vanity and lies, then Agur turns and makes a petition with respect to the physical and the earthly needs that he has. He prays, give me neither poverty nor riches, but feed me with food convenient for me. We focus our attention tonight on that latter part of the prayer. Prayer with respect to our earthly and physical needs. And that's fitting tonight on prayer day. It's fitting not merely because this is a prayer, although that's true. 
But the point of prayer day is not merely to talk about prayer, to say some general things about the idea of prayer and how to pray. The purpose of prayer day is that we gather together to acknowledge our dependence upon God to provide us with our earthly needs. Historically, our forefathers, many of them were farmers whose livelihood was directly tied to this earth. And so, God's people gathered together in the springtime before going out into the field in order to plant their crop and to tend to it through the summer months. And they assembled in order to pray for God's blessing, that God would be pleased to provide for them what they needed in the coming planting and growing season in providing for our daily needs. Even though very few, if any of us, have an occupation so tied directly to the earth, Nevertheless, it's good for us to gather together and to be reminded of our dependence upon God to provide us for our earthly needs. And the Word of God here instructs us as to what we are to be praying for, what it is that's to be in our hearts as we make those petitions, and then what is to be our perspective for the good earthly things that God is pleased to give. Let's consider this word of God tonight under the theme, Neither Poverty Nor Riches. First, let's consider the request that we're taught to make here. Secondly, the concern that underlies this petition. And then thirdly, the trust and the dependence upon God that is expressed here. In the text, we're taught positively to pray. At the end of verse 8, feed me with food convenient for me. The word for food in the original there is the word for bread. And as you're aware, in the scriptures, bread stands as a representative of all the basic, essential staples of earthly life. Bread does not represent abundance. It doesn't represent the the luxuries of life. It represents the basic things of this life that we need to sustain earthly life. Simple food and drink. Enough clothing to, to cover us and to keep us warm. A sufficient home in which to live to protect us from the elements. We pray here for food convenient for us. And that word convenient might call to mind the idea of conveniences, earthly conveniences, but that's not the idea here. Those words convenient for me could better be translated as that which is allotted to me, that which is suitable for my needs. Feed me with the bread that's allotted to me. Feed me with the bread that's suited to the needs that I have. Those needs differ from one to another based on the circumstances that God has ordained for us. If you recall, in the Old Testament, when God's people were in the wilderness, 
Day after day, God would rain down manna for them. And each home and each family was to go out and to take enough manna that that family would need. If there were two there, they took enough for two. If there were ten there, they took enough for ten. Each one had the bread that was suited to their needs, allotted to them by God. Today, you might have a single that lives on his or her own, and the needs of that single are very different from the needs of a large family with many children at home, and the needs of that large family with many children at home might be different from an elderly couple whose children are all moved out. We each have a certain need of earthly things that God has determined for us. We're praying here that God would provide to us, day after day, what it is that we need. Essentially, what this petition is, is the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It's our petition tonight on prayer day. As we look ahead to the coming months, to the coming seasons, our petition is, God, feed us with the bread that is allotted to us. Feed us with what's suited to our needs. What's understood and implied in that petition is our dependence upon the creation. Again, as mentioned a moment ago, historically, prayer day was a day of which God's people would gather together because many of them were farmers. Their livelihood was tied directly to the earth. And for us, that connection is is so severed. We have careers, we have lives that are so far removed from The earth itself, we receive all of these earthly things and we never give a thought to the fact that they've come to us from God's provision through the creation. But still, that is the means by which God does provide for us. He provides for us through the bounties of this earth. Each one of us, in one way or another, is tied to this earth and the things of it. Ultimately, of course, we're dependent upon God to provide. Our dependence is not merely on the creation, it's on the Creator. And yet God is pleased to provide for us our daily needs through His provision, through the things of His creation. We acknowledge that when we pray, feed us with the bread of our necessity. That positive petition, feed us with the bread that's suited to our needs, is connected with a negative petition. And that negative petition further spells out what what that petition is, what it means that we're praying for our daily bread. Verse 8, the negative part of the petition is this, give me neither poverty nor riches. To be fed with the bread of our necessity means, on the one hand, that God not give to us poverty. 
poverty, according to the word of God, is not perhaps what we might think of as poverty. Truly to be poor is not to fall below a certain income level. It's not to wear secondhand clothes rather than what's brand new off the rack. It's not to eat plain food rather than than steak and wine every night. It's not to have a vacation where perhaps we go camping rather than flying off to somewhere warm. We might think that that's poverty, but that's not poverty according to the Word of God. You notice that riches in verse 8 corresponds in verse 9 to being full. If one's rich, they're full, which means that truly to be poor means that One is not full that they lack even the basic necessities of life. Someone who's poor is not merely someone who only has enough food for a week, but someone who's poor is someone who doesn't even have enough bread for that day so that they and their children go to bed holding their stomachs because there's not enough food to provide for them. There's not sufficient clothing, not sufficient shelter for them. They don't know where their next meal is. Is going to come. That kind of poverty is something that is hardly known and comprehended by us. We live in the midst presently of a tremendously wealthy society. So that for many of us, we have never known and we will never know that kind of Poverty, true poverty as the Word of God defines it. When we pray, give us our daily bread, what we mean by that, according to the Word of God here, is God, do not give to us poverty. From a certain point of view, we can understand that. See in a moment the difficulty of that and what that truly means, but at first glance we can understand that what person would want that kind of struggle, what person would want to live not being able to provide enough for that day for their family, what person would want to live not knowing where their next meal was going to come. So we can understand, give us our daily bread, God do not give to us poverty and lack. What's more difficult for us is the other element of that, which is, do not give to us riches. Neither poverty nor riches. To be fed with our daily bread means that we not receive from the hand of God riches. Now again, riches are not what we might think of them to be. As noted, to be rich is to be full. The person who's rich is not just the person who has millions and millions of dollars to their name, who's able to build and live in a very large and very beautiful house that has millions of dollars socked away in investments and retirements and is able to vacation often in very nice vacation locations. To be rich, according to the Word of God, is to have a refrigerator and a pantry that's filled with enough food for a week. 
to have several changes of clothing to wear, to have a reliable vehicle to drive around with, to be able to go out to eat and to take a vacation from time to time. Such a person is wealthy, as rich is, is full. How often do we pray this? Give us, Heavenly Father, our daily bread. Do not give to us poverty and do not give to us riches. That sounds foreign to us. We might pray in times of necessity, God provide us so that we're not in the poor house. But do we ever pray, God, do not give to us riches? If that's what we're to pray, that's how we're to live. This isn't just a, a prayer that we say because we know we're supposed to say it. And then once we've, we've said amen, then in our heart and in our life, we run pell-mell after riches. If we're going to pray this, then it has to arise out of our hearts. And that means that in our hearts... They are not set on riches. And it means that when we go about our work, that we're not working with a view to being rich. Proverbs 23, verse 4, Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. In the society in which we live, one expresses that kind of sentiment, they're labeled as being a person who's, who's not very ambitious. If you don't want to be rich, if you don't want a huge, booming business, if you don't want to be rolling in all kinds of cash, well, you must not have much drive and you must not be very ambitious. But if we're to pray... Give us neither poverty nor riches. That means that in our life and in our heart, we are not set upon trusting in and loving riches and the abundance of this world. We're taught tonight to pray this, and not just tonight, but through all of our earthly life. Feed us. With the bread of our necessity, Father, give to us neither poverty nor riches. But why? What's the concern here? Why are we so concerned that God not give to us poverty or riches? The explanation for this is not carnal, superficial, or selfish. But what underlies this petition is a serious spiritual concern. We're taught by the Word of God here not to pray for riches because of the spiritual danger that may come with that. That's explained in the first part of verse 9. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? 
The explanation for our praying that God not give to us riches is not, I want a hassle-free life. I don't want to be bothered and encumbered by all of the things of this world. I want to live a, a plain, minimalistic lifestyle. That's not the concern. The concern here that God not give to us riches is not that riches are somehow inherently wrong or sinful. We may have the idea that to be rich is, is something wrong. There's, there's something bad and something sinful about it. And there's something more holy about poverty. But that's not the case either. There are dangers and temptations that come with poverty just as much as there is with riches. Riches do not cause us to sin. But riches may be the occasion for us to fall into sin. That having riches, we may be more easily tempted into certain sins. And the great danger that's mentioned specifically in the text is that being full and having much and having more than what we need for the day, we may deny God and say, who is the Lord? The Word of God often warns against that. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 8, verses 10 and 11, When thou hast eaten and art full, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. And then in Deuteronomy 8, verse 17, And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. And then in the New Testament, in 1 Timothy 6, Verses 9 and 10, but they that will be rich, the idea is they that want to be rich, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition, for the love of money is the root of all evil. The temptation that's presented to us when we're full and rich is that in our pride, we deny God. We forget about God. We might not say it, but our attitude is, who is the Lord? We don't need Him. We don't think about Him. We have all of our needs supplied and well beyond that. We have enough not just for today, but for days and, and weeks and months on end. And having so much, the petition, give us our daily bread, may lose all of its heart and all of its meaning. Do we really stand before God at the beginning of the day and say, God, give me this day my daily bread. I stand in need of Thee to provide. In our pride, we live as if we do not need God. The reality is, in our pride, we are trusting in ourselves. We're confident in our own arm of strength to provide. We trust that by our own hard work ethic, by our own business acumen and our financial savvy, we will provide. That will give us enough. That will satisfy. That will give to us the security that we need. 
That's spiritually dangerous. How foolish to pursue and to love riches. How many have ruined themselves spiritually, have ruined their marriages, ruined their families because of the pursuit of riches. To have much, though we receive it from the hand of the Lord with thanks, presents to us serious spiritual temptations. And the conscientious Christian, knowing his own weakness and frailty, cries out to God, Heavenly Father, give me my daily bread. Do not give to me riches. I know myself. I know how weak I am and sinful. And that in a time of having an abundance, I'm going to be tempted to forget about thee, to deny thee, to say, who is the Lord? Father, if it's thy will, do not give me riches. Do not put me in that circumstance because I know I'm going to to stumble and to fall in sin. Provide me merely with the bread of my necessity. Do not give to me riches. The same spiritual concern underlies the request that God not give to us poverty. Again, the concern here is not selfish and superficial. The concern is not, well, I don't want to deal with that trial. At first glance, that's how we may be tempted to look at this. Well, of course we'd pray that God not give to us poverty because who would want to to struggle under those circumstances? But that's not what lies behind this petition. It's not that I don't want to deal with that hardship and that struggle. But the explanation for that is a spiritual one. Verse 9 continues in its explanation, Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. One of the dangers that we may face in poverty is the temptation to steal. We don't have enough to provide for our family for this day, so... One may be tempted to take what doesn't belong to him, to steal from the neighbor, to steal from family, to steal from the employer. There's a temptation to cut corners, to make ends meet, and to get ahead a little bit. There's a temptation, according to the Word of God here, to take the name of God in vain, to profane God and His name. That may be done by our stealing, by taking what doesn't belong to us. We bring shame upon the name of the God whom we confess. Or it may be the case that in our circumstances of poverty, we're tempted to be bitter, to be angry against God. We might be angry with with God's lack of provision to us. We're not satisfied with the circumstances of life that he's ordained for us, so that in effect we're, we're shaking our fist at God. That he's not wise and he's not right in ordaining these circumstances of poverty. 
There are spiritual dangers that come with riches, serious ones, and there are serious temptations that we face with poverty as well. And it's for that reason that we're to pray, do not give to us poverty. The conscientious Christian says, I know myself, I know how weak I am, and Heavenly Father, if I'm placed in the circumstances of of riches, I can't handle that. And if I'm placed in the circumstances of poverty, I can't handle that either. I'm going to be tempted either to deny thee or to steal and to take thy name in vain. Feed me with my allotted bread. Feed me with what's suited to my need. We have earthly and spiritual needs. And for both of them, we're dependent upon God to provide. But the spiritual needs are more serious and fundamental. There's a connection between the physical and the spiritual, even though they're distinct. There are certain circumstances, outwardly, earthly, that affect us spiritually. When we have very little, the temptation for us is to take our eye off the spiritual and to focus on the material. It's about having enough and getting more and getting by, so that rather than focusing on the spiritual, the focus is on the earthly. And it's essentially the same struggle when we have much, when we have an abundance. Our focus is taken off of the spiritual because now we have so many earthly things that they consume all of our time and all of our thought process to to manage them, to steward them well, to, to take care of them. So that soon it seems as if the things that we own begin to own us. Whether in riches or in poverty, the temptation is to focus upon those things to the neglect of the spiritual. And that's why our petition is, give us our daily bread. These things are needed. They are important to us, but they're important insofar as... They serve God and His glory and the service of His kingdom. Heavenly Father, give to me my daily bread so that I'm freed from poverty and the temptations that come with that and I'm not in a circumstance where so many earthly things are put under my care, that that becomes my sole focus. But give me enough so that I can live, so that I have health, so that I can pour myself into spiritual service to God, seeking of His glory and the service of His church and His kingdom. great is our need in this respect. And how often then 
This petition ought to be upon our lips, not just tonight on prayer day, where we say, Father, in the coming growing season, give the bread of necessity. All of our life long, give me today my daily bread. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the bread of my necessity. And for all of our needs, we are dependent upon our Heavenly Father to provide. The trust and dependence upon God is expressed in the text in verse 8, when first it's a, we say, give me neither poverty nor riches, and then feed me with food convenient for me. Give me Feed me. And especially that latter phrase, feed me, calls to mind the illustration of a little child. That little child, just a few weeks or a few months old, is dependent upon mother to provide. And the child's mouth is open wide and he cries out to mother. And that cry is essentially this, feed me. I'm weak. I'm helpless, I'm dependent upon my mother to provide. Mother, feed me. That is, and that must be, the perspective and the spirit of each of us as Christians. We are small, weak, dependent children. And we cry out to our Mighty Father, Father, give me neither poverty nor riches. Father, feed me. I am wholly dependent upon Thee and I trust in Thee alone to provide me with all that I need day after day. We have confidence in His provision for us. Because of who He is and what He's done for us. Our trust and confidence is grounded in the fact, as verse 9 says, that He is the Lord, that He is Jehovah, the I am that I am. And, as verse 9 says, He is my God. We trust in Him who is faithful covenant-keeping Jehovah. He's established His covenant with us. He's faithful to that covenant, preserving us, providing for us in it. He is our God and we are His children whom He's chosen and loved and therefore we have the confidence and the trust that He will provide for us. We have that certainty and confidence grounded in the gift of His Son and the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is infinitely wealthy, being God, made Himself poor by coming into this world. And that in order to take us who spiritually are debtors and poor and to make us to be Spiritually wealthy. 
He entered into the deepest unimaginable poverty and suffering the wrath of his heavenly Father for our sins. And having paid for our sins, he's merited for us an inheritance, spiritual riches that abound and that will never perish and never be taken away. Romans 8, verse 32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Our Heavenly Father has not spared the greatest thing, his own son. He's given his own son to the death of the cross for us. And if he's given his own dear son to suffer and to die for us, will he not then provide for us all of these other lesser things? He's given the greatest. He'll certainly give to us the lesser. In providing for us our earthly needs. Text is text that in many respects is very earthly. It has to do with bread. It has to do with, with money, with, with earthly things, and yet it is spiritual because we can only understand this Word of God in the light of the, the Gospel and of our salvation in Jesus Christ. And it's in that light that we receive everything that comes from the hand of our Father, including all of our earthly things. They come to us and His love for us in Jesus Christ. and Therefore, ultimately for our good and for our salvation. For the sake of Christ, then, we have confidence that our Father will hear and answer our petition. Confidence in the end is not whether we of riches, circumstances of poverty, but our confidence is in Him. His provision to us of what He has determined is exactly what we need. This prayer, like all of our prayers, is prayed with the understanding, Thy will be done. And that's implied, again, in that word convenient, feed me with the bread of my necessity, and what's understood there is what God has determined is our necessity. And that might be different than what we think is what we need. Knowing our own weakness and sinfulness, our petition is, Father, if it be thy will, do not give to me poverty or riches. But God may be pleased. Give to us circumstances of lack and want and poverty. God may be pleased to give to us circumstances of great wealth and an abundance of earthly things that's placed under our stewardship and care. And we have the confidence that our Father has heard us. He's answered us. That He's given to us what we need. He's given to us what He's determined from eternity 
is what we need at this time, whether that's poverty or that's riches. And we're dependent upon Him then and confident that He'll give to us the grace that we need for those circumstances. Father, if it be Thy will, do not give to me poverty, but if it is Thy will, give me grace so that I'm not tempted to steal and not tempted to take Thy name in vain. And and Father, if it be Thy will, don't give to me riches. I know how weak I am. If that is thy will, then give me the grace so that I don't deny thee and say, who is the Lord? That in those circumstances I live as a humble, dependent child. We're taught to pray tonight on prayer day. Feed me. With the bread of my necessity, give me neither poverty nor riches. We're taught by that how to view, what perspective to take on this world and the things of this world. We pray that with confidence. The confidence that our loving Heavenly Father will hear us, will answer us, and provide for us what we truly need both for soul and for body. Amen. Let us pray. Father who art in heaven, hear our cry, answer our request. Give to us our daily bread. Give us neither poverty nor riches, lest we be full and deny Thee and say, Who is the Lord? Lest we be poor and we steal and we profane Thy holy name. Give us contentment. Give to us a mindset delivered from worldliness. Keep our focus always on the things above on thy heavenly kingdom and our spiritual life and inheritance there. And in all of our failures, and there are many, all of our love of this world and pursuit of riches, graciously forgive. Give us strength, Father, to work. Go about our callings again through the rest of this week. Faithfulness to thee. Assemble us again on the coming Lord's Day so that we can worship and praise Thee, and come under Thy word. Hear us for the sake of Thy Son. Amen. We pray that you were edified by the preaching of the gospel today. Please join us for worship if you are ever in the area. For more information about our church, beliefs, or worship times, please visit our website at prccrete.org.